Welcome to Western New York Catholic Weekly, a production of the Office of Communications for the Catholic Diocese of Buffalo. We're going to do one of those programs that we've done before where I'm actually a guest on Amy Betros and Norm Paolini's Mercy Times program while they're simultaneously guests on my Western New York Catholic Weekly program. So depending on when you're listening to this program, it's going to air uh, on on Mercy Times first. So if you listen to both programs on a weekend, um, uh, you've already heard this program if you're a regular Western New York Catholic Weekly listener and you also listen to Amy and Norm's Mercy Times program. But as you know, on on our Western New York Catholic Weekly program or for our Mercy Times Listeners, throughout this year of mercy, we've been doing a, a series of shows just talking about various, all kinds of different places where the works of mercy are happening in the Diocese of Buffalo. And I wanted to be sure before the year of mercy ends to have the folks who have mercy right in their title, (laughs) St. Luke's Mission of Mercy, on the Western New York Catholic Weekly Program to kind of talk about the work that they do in this year of mercy and, and whatnot. So, you know, maybe a good place to start is with the year of mercy itself. So what did that mean for St. Luke's? Amy, like you, obviously, you know, last year, about about this time last year, you would have heard that, you know, the Pope has said, the Holy Pope Francis said, we're going to have a year of mercy. And I know you were excited because you're in my studio every week, you know, so, so yeah. overjoyed to hear it. But then how did that maybe uh, affect how you approach the past year? Well, I can tell you, the first thing I did is said to Sue, get ready, Sue. Everyone's <laughs> going to be calling us. And it was a thrill again because, you know, I think that sometimes we take mercy for granted. And, you know, when people hear mercy, in many cases, they think of St. Luke's because that's really what we do. I mean, as I tell people, mercy is our business. We try really hard to do the works of mercy and to, um, as Sister Faustina said, you know, our job is to proclaim his goodness and his mercy to every corner of this earth. You know, and I think that, and I believe with all my heart, that the Pope knows because because he, you know, really hears our Lord. You know, they're so close because that's his personification of Christ on earth. That he, the Lord wanted this to be time of mercy because we have to, we have to, you know, really put goodness in the air, you know, put goodness everywhere and know that God is good. Because we could lose, we could lose a focus of that, and I think that he wanted. You know, it's so funny because I was just. I'm going to be doing a talk um, in November, and I, I called it "Mercy is Forever" because everyone's like, "The year of mercy is over with," and I'm like, "No, this was a year that God, you know, and the Pope put there, so we can concentrate on it, so we can teach people about it." So they think of right practice and then live it. And then live it. So this isn't like the year of mercy is over. This is like your boot camp is over. It's like your training of being able to really work on it because mercy is forever. And God wants us to be merciful people. God wants us so you know to be able to live those works of mercy. Saint Faustina said, just do one work of mercy a day. You know, and, 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 
it becomes such a part of your life. So was I excited? I sure was because I think that this is the whole world and this exactly how he got the whole world to work on it because that's what God wants. He wants the whole world to do it. And we certainly didn't get it from the politicians. <laughs> I, uh, personally, I've never been so embarrassed to be an uh, American and the freedom that we have to choose our leaders has brought us to a, a crazy place, literally a crazy place, and we have to be merciful. Be merciful. <laughs> well, yeah, I was thinking as you said that, yet another opportunity for mercy. But you also said, Norm, right, that um, that we need to live it. Mm-hmm. Like the goal of this year of mercy is to learn to be more merciful, right? right? Well, I personally have had struggles in my sicknesses. And when I talk to the Lord in my heart, he says, my grace is sufficient for you. And that usually quiets me. <laughs> well, you might have something funny. Let me just say this. And and now we're finishing the, the year of mercy. Of course, we're going into the year of grace. And so the Lord always prepares them. So... I was telling Sue that it's going to become our theme song for next year. It's going to be, your grace is enough. And and I was thinking about that. That's exactly what the Lord is saying. You just be merciful and leave the rest to me because my grace is sufficient for you. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and in our weakness, he is strong. And I always tell Norm, you know, Norm sometimes thinks, oh, I can't do what I used to do. I say, Are you kidding me? It's your suffering. It's your Allowing people to care for you and, and, and do and die to yourself and humble yourself that actually brings blessings onto the mission. Let's let's talk about that for a minute, Norm, because it's kind of a um, and, and listeners of the as we do this combined mercy time program and Western New York Catholic Weekly program with Amy Betros and Norm Paolini from St. Luke's Mission of Mercy. It's just kind of a, you know, um, of course, there are no coincidences, right, Amy? But right right at the time that we're gearing up for this year of mercy, I mean, you were facing serious health issues, Norm. And, of course, listeners of the Mercy Times program will be aware we basically spent the whole year doing rebroadcast programs because Mm -hmm. of the things that Norm was going through. But that puts you in the position of – because you did a lot of ministry over your lifetime. Your mm-hmm. ministry a lot of the time was to the broken and people who were sick and people who felt the way that you did this past year. I'm not able to do the things I used to do. So what's God's plan for me? So what's that like for you to be I'll on the other you, side of that? Quite frankly, I'd look up to heaven. Oh, so that's what you were doing when I did this. Yeah. Yeah, see. In other words, my, the heart is afraid and wants to be released from that fear. And Jesus is the only one who can do that. But he does want to do it, and he does it through us. And many times I could sit down with someone and tell them, I know what you're going through, and then specifically say it. And that person all of a sudden is ministering to me. <laughs> it's like looking in a mirror and seeing Jesus and he's explaining 
what and how I'm going to deliver you through this. Yeah, because and, the Lord he uh, always has a two-edged sword. Mm-hmm. You know, he helps the person, the person helps him. Right. But just think how powerful. I mean, you should see the look on people's face when we go to minister. And God bless Norm. I mean, I always say when I grow up, I want to be like Norm. <laughs> when, because when to see him knowing his struggles, knowing the things that he's gone through and things, what he's going through, to see him standing there ministering to people, playing the guitar, you know, doing his meditations, the, you know, and just going, just when he shows up. People are just edified. You could just see, you know, gives them courage, gives them, you know, in, in just being there, he's ministering to people, you know. And it's work of mercy. I, I hope just, they can identify, too, because right. lately I've been coming in with a missionary on my left and a cane on my right. Mm-hmm. And I think, I wonder if they think I'm 100 years old. <laughs> yeah. well, we should for, look as good as you do, right? <laughs> just for the, the listeners who, who aren't aware, just very briefly, Norm, you're, um, we're saying your, your health issues and whatever. We've talked about this on the Mercy Times mm-hmm. program. But um, it started with Parkinson's, right? A diagnosis of Parkinson's well, a couple of years back. started with the heart. Oh, yeah, that's right. And then the next thing was prostate cancer. And the cancer runs in our family. And the Lord put it on my heart to take the operation, which is everything comes out. And then after that... Parkinson's? The Parkinson's disease. My hand started trembling. And I wasn't doing anything to make it happen. And the... Uh, and being the scientist he was, he had to look it all up. <laughs> and he kept thinking, I have Parkinson's. And well, I kept saying, nah. You know, but he, he went. He knew it, though. I think God prepared him. And then so he had Parkinson's. There's a few tests that they do. But when I went to write my name on a check, it's like it, it's like you're falling asleep. Yeah, it's smaller, it trails off. Yeah. Trails yeah. off and smaller and smaller. Yeah. That's when the primary doctor, Dr. Paul, said, that's it, you got it. Mm-hmm. And that was years, how many years ago? Wow. And recently, eight, as I say, eight, I, I, I can't walk without a cane. I don't know. And I fell I, a couple <laughs> times. I, I know, but God is good. He's strengthening him there. I mean, he boxes every uh, week, twice a week, and that gives him better balance and uh, strengthens him. So he's doing good there. Yep. And then uh, That was a gift But because God. of his Parkinson's, because being the scientist, of course, he is. He wanted to be in a study on Parkinson's. And uh, last June, is it last June? Yeah, last June, um, he went for for the study. He had to go for an MRI. And while he went for the MRI, they saw a shadow. They were looking for a marker. Mm-hmm. A marker is something that you can measure on a monthly or time basis and see what the, uh, if so, it's progressing. Yeah, so is there something that we can see in people that have Parkinson's yeah. no. that we can establish a... That's what they were trying to That's yeah. what I mean. That's what they were trying to find. So yeah. I'd okay. go in and then the first one gives you a baseline, the first picture. And then the next one. On the second one, then when they took it, the... Uh, the image 
there's, there wasn't any image to compare, not from the study. Right. Except that the radiologist who reviews the uh, pictures for before they send them out to the doctors who order them, he uh, reminded my doctor, that my neurologist, that I had uh, another spot on in a different place that he expected. And I went and got a another one to confirm it. And that was a brain tumor. And that was how many months ago? My God. It was a year. Yeah. A year and no, over a year because it was in uh, June. Right. Mm -hmm. They operated right away. Right. And it was in your left lobe? I think it was on the other side. No, right up here. Right. Your front, was it your front right, front right lobe? Mm -hmm. Front right, right lobe. And then they spent, really, they went from June uh, till February. Uh, I think he ended in February with chemo. With chemo. And um, they tested him, and there's no tumor and uh, the whole area. So right now, again, he's cancer-free. And, and, uh, and again, that's something that I can relate to. Now, personally, when I go to minister to somebody, that's something that only the cancer patient knows. Did you personally find it difficult to be, I, I'm, I'm not asking, difficult to be sick, it's always difficult to be sick. <laughs> no, to be in the position where you are the, the recipient right. of mercy. Yes, and... Did you find, was you know that a where, challenge for you? You know where it was? Right in my own home. I had to realize what God has given me in my spouse. And if she were here today, I couldn't look at her without crying. Because she literally nursed me before and after the treatments. Every single day we went to treatment. Um, she we she drove right up to the Roswell, and the um, at the radiation part of the treatment was uh, every day. Sometimes it's once in the beginning week, and once in every fifth week. But this was every day. Just took a few minutes. But she was faithful and she made sure that I got to where I had to be. And that, I thought, many times I drove people to their uh, treatments, etc. And I'm looking now and there's my spouse being Jesus to me. And if she were here right now, I'd ask her to just say a couple of words. Anyway, God allows us to go through what he go, went through, the pain. And I said, Lord, let me offer this up, united with your pains on Calvary, on that cross. And there were many a night, still are, that I feel the pains in, in my bones and so forth. Once in a while, somebody will, when, I, when we speak about it, they'll say, I have this pain, and, 
and it's to Jesus is allowing us to experience pain because he did. We're under his jurisdiction, if I might use that word. We don't walk around saying this hurts because of, you know, an angel told me it's going to hurt. No. Right. <laughs> More like it's, you accept your cross, and then in the middle of the night when you're quiet, in the mercy hour, he says, this is me, so don't worry. And I try not to. And I have people around me who love me, and that's the most important thing you can do. So if you give mercy, it's going to come back to you, no matter who it is. Yeah. I, I want to pick up on that notion. We're doing a combined Mercy Times and Western New York Catholic Weekly program today with Amy Betros and Norm Paolini from St. Luke's Mission of Mercy. So we're talking on our show, Amy, about um, – uh, we're just talking about Norm and being in the position of receiving mercy when you're used to being the one who is doing the works of mercy and and you know praying and 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 doing that for other people. Yet that's the um, that's one of the interesting things about St. Luke's, isn't it? That um, you are both. I mean, you do the works of mercy and not just the corporal works of, of the feeding and teaching and all those kind of things, but you do the spiritual works of mercy. You pray for those who don't have anyone to pray for them. Mm-hmm. And this, particularly um, if people knew the amount of um, just ministry you do with the dying and mm-hmm. with going to funeral homes and, and attending people's funerals, which is, a, which is a huge work of mercy. People would be astounded at, at how much of that you do. Yet, you need great mercy to do the things <laughs> that you do, right? Yeah, I was going to say that. I want to just say this. Right? Sure. Yeah. That's what people don't realize. That what, what Norm's talking about is he's living the spiritual work of mercy. Pray for the living and the dead. And, and prayer isn't just words. Prayer is uniting yourself with the suffering of Christ. Yes. Uh, prayer is um, fasting. Prayer. So he does that every day. Visiting the sick. Okay? That's a spiritual work of mercy. Mm-hmm. No, I mean, it's a corporal work of mercy. But... Comforting those that are mourning is a spiritual work of mercy, okay? And when you've been there, you know, when you, when you know the pains that people have and you experience them, you can, you can do that so much better. I mean, you've got to live it to do it. And Especially do it to live in your it. own family. Your own family and the people around you. You know, there are just so many spiritual works of mercy that people don't understand, you know, that are so, you know— uh, um, counsel the doubtful. You know, how many people who have cancer just need an encouraging word? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You see? Uh, instruct the ignorant. How many people just don't understand what's happening? So I think that Norm, you know, we do both. And I think everything Norm goes to, I watch him. You know, our gifts were, we have many gifts that are the same. But me, I take care of the masses. He was always great on one-on-one. And still, people see him. And you you use that gift more than what it sounds like. Right. Um, Even my own family, especially. Mm -hmm. A cousin who uh, 
at one time had four brothers, I think, mm -hmm. three brothers, lost the first one, lost the second one, lost the third one. Lost his father. Lost his father. And now as he woke up and his wife was, had a stroke in the night. Yeah. Heart attack. Oh, my gosh. He found him or found her on the floor. But you see, I mean, their compassion and to be able to minister to that. You know, when you're broken and when God, you know, puts you through those, he gives you this great gift of compassion and understanding for others. It's a great work of mercy. I want to read something real quick from St. Faustina. Um, it was, I love this one. It's a conference on sacrifice and prayer. It's number 1767. But this is something really, and I love this. It's like one of my favorites. It says, I will instruct you on what your holocaust shall consist of in everyday life. So as to preserve you from illusions, you shall accept all sufferings with love. I mean, that's, that's the whole thing. And that's what Norm lives through, and that's what we live through every day. You will accept all sufferings with love. Do not be afflicted if your heart often feels repugnance or dislike for sacrifice. All its power rests in the will. And so these contrary feelings far from lowering the value of the sacrifice in my eyes, will enhance it. You know, who likes suffering? The you know, saints. People, huh? the, the saints. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. I mean, you don't have to love they didn't it. even like it. No, they didn't that's like right. it. They accepted yeah. it. There's sure. a difference. Exactly, right. You know, yeah, sure. but when you accept it and you do it with love every day, it brings, it sanctifies us and the people around us. That's a great work of mercy. You know, I when, dare when say the, it helps them get to heaven. It does. It, it, you know, in the it says I think it's in, um, I think it's um, Saint Peter, First Peter, where he talks about you know when you suffer you cease to sin. Mm -hmm. And I see many people, you know, and I think about it. It purifies you. It sanctifies you. It gets you ready so that you can go right to heaven. And isn't that why we're here? People get aggravated sometimes. It's all you ever talk about is suffering and say, well, you know what? We talk about it because we need to understand it. We live in a society, and you've heard me say this many times, you live in a society where they can't stand pain. Extra strength pain relieves her. Extra strength is everything is so that we don't have any pain. Well, I have news for you. We are followers of Christ. Nobody suffered more than Christ. And, and it says in Scripture, you've got to pick up your cross and follow him. So our, somehow, Father Groeschel, God rest his soul, would say, the longer you live, the more you're amped to suffer. Mm -hmm. Which seems stuff. like common sense. It but does. it's But, yeah. But we don't want to because no, we're, we we're told that we don't have to do that. We do have to do that. Don't listen to anyone who tells you that you don't have to suffer. You suffer here, you suffer later. Somewhere you're going to suffer. That's that not is. to say you don't pray for healing. Oh, well, of course. Well, you that's pray different. for healing. But sure, you pray for healing and you have times where you don't. Look at Mother Look at uh, Mother Angelica. I'll just say really quick. She suffered. He made her totally better. Then she went back, couldn't speak. You know, it's all in God's hands. Mm -hmm. Okay, but let me go back to this. This is uh, Saint First Peter chapter 4. For whoever has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin, 
so as to live for the rest of the time in the flesh, no longer by human passions, but by the will of God. That's it. Do we understand that? That's very hard. might be the year of mercy in a nutshell. Mm-hmm. It is. It's the year of mercy in a nutshell. And no matter what it is. Because people's, the corporal works of mercy is to help peop, ease people's physical sufferings. Mm-hmm. People are hungry, you feed them. People are thirsty, you give them a drink. People who are naked, you get them clothes. You know, we're criticized a lot. But let me just say this. I believe this with all my heart and soul. I don't care who you are. Everybody deserves a cover over their head, clothes on their back, and food in their stomach. It's basic. Amen. So, you know, people, I don't care who you are. You can be a murderer. You can be a rapist. You can be a pedophile. Everybody deserves those basic things. And if Jesus was here, I believe he would tell you that. Okay? Those are the basic marks of mercy. Okay? Everybody needs a shelter. Shelter the stranger. Okay? Um. Visit the sick, care for the sick, visit the imprisoned, okay, bury the dead. Those are to ease physical pain, okay? Everybody, it's just unbelievable. You know, they tease me because they, they say, how many people have uh, a funeral parlor on their speed dial? <laughs> but right. that's, that's it, that's it, okay? And then you have your spiritual works of mercy, and that's what allows you to do those those physical works of mercy every day. Correct the sinner. Correct those in error. Okay? Instruct the ignorant. Counsel the doubtful. Comfort the mourning. Forgive offenses. Be patient with those in error. And pray for the living and the dead. Okay? I always joke. If, if we, I correct people. We teach them. We correct them. We teach them. We encourage them. We forgive them, okay, and then we have to be patient. You know, it's not going to happen overnight. I've got people 22 years, and they're still coming and going. But that's okay because I have to answer to God on how I treated people. I can't answer to God on what happened to them. That's on him. God is the one that heals. I'm the job is to love and be merciful. But they come back with a... Assuredness in their mind sure. that you're not going to throw them out. That's right. That's the key. Even if I get aggravated at them, they one look at me and smile. The next person. day, they'll ask the same thing. They know what's going to happen. One particular person, and I came out of church Sunday, I opened my arms. How have you been, comma, person? And that she hasn't changed her, her approach, you know, uh, for her need or for her uh, acceptance. At one point, we were the only ones who were accepting her. That's right. But that's okay. You know, that's what we do. And we and, and I, I was really smiling, thinking how how good God is. You know, He's just good. And and you know, next you know, next year it's the year of grace. He's given all. Okay, these are the works of mercy, and I need grace to do it. Sure do. You know, and it's awesome. And I just want to end by saying one more thing, okay? I was reading, and I think that this is something really important for us. should write it somewhere, homework. Write it somewhere. Keep it everywhere and think to yourself every day. Bless and forgive everyone. Mm-hmm. Bless, right? Right. And forgive everyone. 
Okay? That's it. That's the whole thing. Bless and forgive everyone. That, that's got to be your motto. You could say bless and love everyone and forgive everything. Okay? Bless and love everyone and forgive everything. And that's what we have to do today. we got to love and forgive. Amen. And those are the two great things of mercy. Forgive offenses Amen. and love everyone. So that's your homework. Write it down. Do it. Think of it every day. For the Western New York Catholic Weekly listeners on Mercy Times, Amy gives homework at the end of every show. That's right. And, and on the end of Western New York Catholic Weekly, I give you a little homework. This time it's visit stlukesmissionofmercy.org. Uh, that's uh, St. Luke's Mission of Mercy website. And uh, also, you know, buffalodiocese.org. All of our podcasts are on there. Um, it was so nice to have you as guests on my show. As nice as it is to be a, a guest and uh, produce your show every week, uh, Amy Betros and Norm Paolini from St. Luke's Mission of Mercy. Thank you. And have a great year of grace. <laughs> God bless you. You've been listening to Western New York Catholic Weekly, produced by the Office of Communications for the Catholic Diocese of Buffalo, with the help of the Catholic Communication Campaign and this radio station. If you have a comment about this week's program or need more information about anything you hear on Western New York Catholic Weekly, call us at 847-8744 or send us an email to radio at buffalodiocese.org. Our email address again is radio at buffalodiocese.org or call 847-8744. You can visit the Western New York Catholic and the Diocese of Buffalo online at buffalodiocese.org. And be sure to join Greg Prince again next week for Western New York Catholic Weekly.